Hello, this is Mr. Galley from GCSE English Revision Pod with a quick message for you. If you want even more English Revision Pod in your ears, you can now subscribe to our premium service, GCSE English Revision Pod Plus, where for the price of just over £2 a month, on top of all the amazing free episodes, which will continue to be free and there for you to use, you can also get a selection of amazing bonus episodes on things like Macbeth, A Christmas Carol, Romeo and Juliet, and all your favourite topics covered in the depth and detail that you are used to. If you are interested in getting even more GCSE English Revision Pod, all you've got to do is click the link at the top of this episode description, where you can subscribe to GCSE. English Revision Pod Plus. Hello and welcome to your mid-Easter break for a GCSE English Revision Pod. We didn't haven't recorded this during your Easter holidays. We're not quite that sad. We're pretty much that sad, but not quite. This was recorded on the last day of term. So we're going to have to be very, very quick. We're going to have to fly through this. This is our fifth Inspector Calls episode, right? Yeah, happy days. Inspector Calls number five. Um, and as I said last time, there's loads of context and stuff in the other Inspector Calls podcast. So if you haven't yet, I would go back and listen to the other ones first, as there's quite a lot of information in them. This one, we're very much just going to fly through the uh, fly through the essay. And a quick reminder, of course, we've already done episodes on Sheila, on class divisions, on the Inspector, on Eva Smith. And now we are going to do one on how Priestley presents responsibility. So I'm going to jump Ooh. straight in with the thesis, if you don't yeah, mind, Yeah, I mean, do. So starting off as ever with our introduction, remember, spend that time on your introductions. Really think through. And set up an argument. Yes. What is Priestley saying about responsibility? What's his message? What's his didactic message? Don't just say responsibility exists in the play. Of course it exists in the play. They wouldn't be asking you the question if responsibility didn't exist in the play. You've got to say what Priestley tells us about it. So what I've gone with is this. In J.B. Priestley's and Inspector Calls, responsibility or more specifically the lack of responsibility plays a huge part through the older generation we see how those with privilege will go to almost any lengths to avoid taking responsibility for their actions while the younger generations seem willing to embrace what they have done wrong perhaps through this and through the damning words of the inspector we learn that to take responsibility is to have the chance to change and to grow very nice so what i'm essentially saying there is that responsibility huge within the play you have to take it. If you don't take responsibility, you end up almost doomed, damned, like the older Burlings and Gerald. But if you are willing to take responsibility, there is at least a chance for you. There's perhaps hope. Yeah? Yeah. And there's one piece of context that I might actually put out there. It's a bit of stretch and challenge context that I'm going to throw out there um, just to start us off. And that's actually um, Priestley's philosophical beliefs. Because he actually had some quite strange and interesting philosophical beliefs. Um, I'm just trying <laughs> to... Mr. they're desperately searching through his phone Yeah, here. so I'm just trying to find the spelling. So he, um, he, be- he studied Ospensky's theory. And if you've read anything about it, Ospensky's theory was the belief that when we die, we re-enter our life again from the beginning unless we learn from our mistakes. And this very much influenced his writing of the play. And we're going to... We might mention this, I think, perhaps in our conclusion. That's so interesting. I, I thought, didn't know that. And so it's a great idea because actually the, the structure of the whole play could be seen as conforming to this theory because in a way the Burlings are doomed to repeat their mistakes as yeah. the inspector's phone call comes right at the end and so the suggestion therefore about responsibility is if we don't take responsibility we'll be doomed whether literally as in Ospensky's theory or figuratively with different generations making the same mistakes to be trapped in a cycle of, 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 making, of making mistakes there you go listeners I thought I'd planned a nice simple podcast today <laughs> Mr Forster's jumped straight in with Ospensky's theory but uh, we'll add it onto your handout don't 
worry. Yeah, it sounds. It does sound fascinating, though. Definitely it? Google it. Google it, dear listeners. It's absolutely fascinating. And uh, I wouldn't start off an essay with it. I would. It's, it's a lovely point to save your conclusions. Right. It's like one of those little big guns you got right at the end, and the guy was like, "Oh, thinks it all over." It is now. Hit him with a bit of, I feel a bit like we're trapped in that theory, being in this car endlessly recording podcasts about uh, literature text. Maybe that's <laughs> doomed to repeat the same mistakes over and over again. Well, hopefully we're not making too many mistakes or we're dooming our listeners to failure. Mm, but anyway. anyway. Uh, paragraph one. Paragraph one. I would say something like this. Firstly, through the character of Mr. Burning, Priestley shows how strong capitalist beliefs lead to a lack of responsibility towards our fellow humans and how ultimately this leads to foolishness and ignorance. Now, the way I've set out this essay is that I'm going to look at Mr. Burling and then I'm going to look at Mrs. Burling separately because I actually I think they interact with responsibility in a slightly different way. And it's quite interesting. So starting off with Mr. Burling, for me, it's his... So one brief kind of meta point here before you get started. When you're looking at theme essays, often it's nice to structure your paragraphs on different characters. Yes, yeah, it's an easy... Um, it's an easy way of thinking about that theme. What is... How is... Priestley's showing responsibility through this character. How's he showing responsibility or the need for it through this other character? Yeah. So it's a great general tip on writing theme essays. And it applies to other texts as well, of course, Romeo and Juliet. How yeah. do these different characters Sorry. relate to love? Da, 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 but, but do carry on, sir. Well, if you, if you would let me. Um, <laughs> the first thing then we need to think about is how his capitalist beliefs... Um, affect his relationship with responsibility. So he says this quote, which we talked about in the last episode, I have a duty to keep labour costs down. So actually for Priestley, uh, sorry, for Mr. Burling, he does see himself as having responsibility, but it's not a responsibility to other human beings. It's a responsibility to labour cost, a duty. You know the way you might say you have a duty to look after the people you love and care about in your life. If you're a doctor, you have a duty of care. You might say you have a duty to God if you're religious. Mr. Burling's duty is to his labour cost, yeah, and, and I think to, that's a lot you can do with that. To this abstract economic system that, that ent- entirely overlooks the humanity of those Completely. Who, who make up his labour. Who make him his money, the people who actually create that income for him. Now, he also says a man has to look after himself this idea he's saying to Gerald and Eric that a man has to take care of his own interest and look after himself and what's interesting of course is that that moment is punctuated by the sharp ringing of the doorbell now I think there's a nice metaphorical implication of the sharp ringing of the doorbell because of course where are the Burlings living? They're living inside a bubble. They're living inside an ignorant capitalist bubble where they don't have to take responsibility for everyone. What do we know that sharp things do to bubbles, Mr. Forster? They burst them. They burst them. So, so the inspector's ringing of that doorbell, I think, is him coming to burst that capitalist bubble. So this is an important structural point to know about the plan. You might even want to word, use the word structurally priestly shows his importance through. Um, but and this is also a second bit of AO2 on this, is you can link this into the lighting. Because the lighting in the opening stage directions is pink and intimate at the start of the play but when the inspector comes on it becomes brighter and harder Uh-oh. so again the lighting is suggesting metaphorically that he is shining this harsh spotlight of reality mm. on this insular social world of the Burlings um, showing them their need to take responsibility and I think this is something that Stephen Daldry's production we talked about in this previous episode really really emphasised because he had the whole play uh, it's the most famous production of the play in, in, in the West End mm. and um, he had the whole play take place in like a doll's house that was constructed on stage again emphasising that this is this is their insular world where they're, they're not looking outwards at other people. They're not taking responsibility. They're, they're shut away Absolutely. From, from, from the rest of society. So just, just how you could bring a little bit of AO3 as well. There. Now, there's a couple of other bits that I think are interesting to talk about his relationship with capitalism and how that renders him as ignorant and someone who doesn't take responsibility. He describes himself as a hard-headed man of business. Now, you can do a nice bit of analysis around hard-headed in the sense that 
I think Burling obviously thinks it's a compliment to describe himself as hard-headed. You know, yeah. I, I make decisions, you know, da-da-da-da-da, hard-headed. Whereas the audience might read that in a slightly different yeah, way. the metaphor think. of associations of hard implies intransigent, unwilling to change. Not willing to change. Lack of empathy. A bit dumb, maybe. Or perhaps also uh, not very intelligent. Something that's mm. kind of confirmed with the dramatic irony of his then long speech about Titanic and about the chance of war being impossible. Exactly, and this is another bit you can talk about because after he's established how much he believes in capitalism and how much he doesn't take responsibility for his fellow humans, this is then shown to be a ridiculous belief. And the device that Priestley uses is, of course, dramatic irony. So when he's talking about the Titanic being unsinkable, absolutely unsinkable, through that use of repetition, stressing the point, talking about nobody wants war, everything to lose, nothing to gain by war, of course he's being portrayed as foolish. He's being portrayed as... a a silly man, yeah. right? So structurally, um, Priestley's dramatic irony here undermines not only his speech at this moment, but also his wider world view. Yeah. It's clearly meant to to set up him as a character who is going to be whose view is going to be deconstructed in right. the play, whose whose views on responsibility specifically can be shown to to be wrong. So it's a yeah, absolutely, and it's through it's through his belief in capitalist ideologies that he looks like this irresponsible and ultimately foolish figure, right? So, so that would so, so it all ties in with Priestley's didactic message, yeah, undermining this world view and trying to encourage a more uh, a more socialist, a more collectivist. Um, way of thinking. One where we take responsibility for one another. Now, I would then move on to Mrs. Berlin because I think well, I'll just read my topic sentence because I think that pretty much covers it. I'd say, furthermore in the depiction of Mrs. Berling, we see how those of the upper classes distance hypocri- uh, hypocritically distance themselves from their responsibilities. So what I'm saying here is it's not so much her belief in capitalism that dis- that leads to Mrs. Berling not taking responsibility. It's much more the fact that she sees class as this absolute line between people, right? This this sort of immovable wall, as Sheila says, between her and people of other classes. Now, the reason the word hypocritically is in there is, of course, what does Mrs. Burling do? She herself hmm. is a massive hypocrite. She is, <laughs> because she is an owner of a charity. Not an owner of a charity, she's on the board. Oh, sorry, I was of a charity, never mind. So it's all right, it's all right. Um, she is uh, she is on the board of a charity. Someone who's meant to help people. So some of the language you can use to support Mrs. Burling's hypocrisy and the way she fails to take her responsibilities are the way that she's forever describing Eva as girls of that class. Now, so the word that is interesting, isn't it? Yeah. Well, it speaks of her as as if she is entirely separate. As if there's as if. As if the, the lower class are one homogenous group. So yeah. homogenous means all the same. As if she has no individuality. As if as if the lower class have no right to the individual beliefs and hopes and dreams that someone of her own social class would do. Exactly. And she says this in a couple of ways. She incredibly offensively says, I don't suppose we can understand why a girl of that class would kill herself. Now, it almost sounds here... So she's talking about another species. You know, we can't... We're, we're rich people. We can't hope to understand why a girl of that class would commit suicide. Yeah, and this links into then Sheila's different attitudes. Well, Sheila says, you mustn't try and build up a wall between you and that girl. Exactly. The will just break it down. This, in, this metaphor encapsulates what the 
upper middle classes and the upper classes in the play. So let's be clear, the Burlings are upper middle class mm-hmm. um, and, and Gerald is, is, is upper class. But they're, they're, they're constructing this wall, this solid uh, defence of their position, their yeah. privileged position in society, that, they, that they, they don't want other people to enter this world. And of course, the inspectors function in the play, as, as Sheila kind of recognises quite astutely here, mm. the inspectors function is to break down that wall and show the need for responsibility. Yeah. Now, incredibly she yeah the wall is a great metaphor like that isn't it because what if you build a wall what do you not have to do well you don't have to look at that thing you don't have to worry about that I'll thing Trump. certainly yeah exactly and you certainly don't have to take responsibility for it she also acts in an incredibly defensive way she says i've not done nothing that won't bear investigation refusing even when the horrible details of the case are laid out refusing to take any responsibility now the most offensive thing I think that Mrs. Burning says in the whole play is she was giving herself elaborate, fine feelings that were simply ridiculous in a girl in her position. So here, it even feels like she's dictating what Eva's allowed to feel and it's, not feel. It's, it's suggesting that to be in a low social class is to not even have feelings, not, to not even be human. Yeah, so it's to, to not have the right to those feelings. Of the lower classes. Yeah, which I think we can link back to this idea of responsibility because ultimately... How does Mrs. Burling avoid taking any responsibility for Eva? Well, she dehumanises her. Yeah. She treats her as someone different, something different. Just like Eric does, just yeah. like Mr. Burling does. And even <clears throat> Sheila, for a moment before she changes, does. Yeah. And of course, the irony is, though, therefore, Eva is the one who takes responsibility. She makes the moral decision. Yeah. I mean, Eva's responsibility is what leads her to call herself Mrs. Burling. Exactly. Um, Eva's responsibility is what leads her to protect the identity of Eric. So they... She shows more responsibility than any of the middle or upper class. Absolutely, which is potentially a good point for a conclusion, but could equally function well at the end of that Mrs. Burling paragraph, yeah. I think. So, paragraph three, we need to get inside the school, don't we? So, through his, pres- Five minutes. through his presentation of the younger generation, Priestley provides a strong sense of contrast and perhaps shows that in taking responsibility, there is perhaps hope for the future. Now, I've divided this paragraph between Sheila and Eric because I think Sheila's a much more straightforward yeah. thing to talk about in this case. The, the reason being that Sheila... What Sheila does, it's awful, but it's perhaps not unforgivable. You know, it's 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 yeah, it's nowhere near as bad as what Eric does, shall we say? But then Sheila says, "I feel rotten," and I think the word "rotten" is actually quite in- interesting. On the surface, doesn't perhaps seem particularly in- interesting, but if you consider rotten, if you have a rotten bit of fruit, where is that rot? It's right in the core. It's the and the metaphorical association, therefore, it's the suggestion that she feels that there's something in, in wrong with the insides of her. There's yeah. something in she recognised there's something wrong with her worldview. She's not going to be able to escape that rottenness. She she feels like she's taken on what she's done, and it now sits inside of her and affects her, which perhaps is how she should feel, and perhaps is a good thing because what she's saying there is by taking responsibility she has got the ability to change that things may be different for Sheila in the future she's certainly one thing she's not going to do is ever make that same mistake again what was your theory again? Um, Aspensky's theory would be a great thing to bring in now yeah maybe course, Sheila's freeing herself from yeah. Aspensky's theory the suge- and the suggestion is that the, the, the structural ringing of that bell at the end the, the, of, the, of, of the telephone at the end implies that you know, the, the rest of the buildings will be trapped in this cycle. Yeah. This cycle of irresponsibility. Whereas perhaps Sheila and Eric will learn. So Eric likewise says, God, I'm, I'm not likely to forget, am I? Mm. Perhaps it's implied that despite his terrible actions, he has learned from his mistakes. That's a, more in, that's a more difficult one, I would say, because you could equally make the argument that his actions are so terrible that he's damned by them, that he 
you know, that he's... It would be much harder for him to come back for it. And yet it seems implied within Priestley's play that at least he is taking responsibility. That to take responsibility, even if your actions are terrible, to take responsibility is the only way forward from that yeah. point. And while he does show reluctance to admit to the inspector his criminal dealings, he does eventually admit them. So so he is far more presented in ambivalent terms, is what yeah. I would say. So he's, he's presented in mixed terms by Priestley. I don't think we're supposed to entirely sympathise with him, but there's no, certain, not. not to the extent of like Sheila, for yeah. example. Sheila, Sheila's the easier one to talk about in this way because she clearly has progressed and learnt and changed from, from her actions and contrasts both and her, mother and her and actions are more defined by immaturity than, yeah. than kind of malign intent. So, a um, couple more quotes then quickly. So, the Sheila ones I would pick out are, you're beginning to act like nothing has happened. Oh, I suppose we're all nice people now. So, you know, when an opportunity... What's interesting about responsibility is an opportunity lands in the Burling's lap when they can relinquish your responsibility. Hang on, it seems this girl... It seems this wasn't real. There's no dead girl. There's no suicide. There's no scandal. Now, at that moment, they've got a choice. Either they realise that what they did was still terrible regardless of the outcome and they take responsibility or they see it as an opportunity and they think, brilliant, we don't have to take responsibility anymore. Now, the fact that Sheila continues to take responsibility even when there was a way out is crucial. That is Priestley's message, isn't it? It's what you do that matters, not the outcome of what you do. If something terrible doesn't happen... That just means you're lucky. It doesn't mean you're a good person. It just means you got lucky, basically. So it's, it's, I guess it's a, 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 a philosophy of life that engages not, not with consequentialism, not with looking at the consequences, mm. but actually with the morality of the decisions that are made along the way. Absolutely. And I think this actually brings us to a conclusion, because I think we can make, I think we make a nice point here. Yeah. But actually, the ultimate suggestion of this play in the, pre- in, in the inspector's <clears throat> final speech is uh, that the only thing that can save us from fire and blood and anguish is social responsibility yes. the only way we can avoid the horrors of repeating that the, structure and, and the only way, yeah the only way that we can repeat the r- 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 avoid the horrors of, of having another world war after 1945 the, the only way we can escape Aspensky's theory this cyclical world where, mm. where history repeats itself is by acknowledging our interconnectedness how we are mixed up together like bees in a hive unlike what Mr mm. Burling says how we are intertwined with the lives of those less fortunate therefore it's a, it's a stark warning that I think is sadly as relevant now as it was in Priestley's time of writing yeah completely I think I think that's pretty much it isn't it and there is your conclusion as ever the thesis the conclusion and the quotations we've used and analysed are all on the handout along with Mr Forster's um, new favourite topic what is it again? Aspensky's theory right, this has kind of become the Aspensky's I can't even say it Aspensky Aspensky's theory podcast even though we didn't plan it um, <laughs> so I just thought it was quite relevant no um, it's, br- it's brilliant it's, uh, I think it's a fantastic thing I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be using it from now on now follow us on Twitter at GRevisionPod email us at EnglishRevisionPod at gmail.com we hope you are having a lovely holiday we hope you are revising hard and we've got 30 seconds to get into school so we've got to finish and up this podcast yes see bye. you next time bye <laughs>